Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast, a podcast about expanding your creative capacity. Each week, we interview inspiring creatives to help you grow your freelance career. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrea Mejia Madriz, and I'm a part of the artist marketing and partnerships team here at Closer and Closer. Here with me, as always, is the man, the myth, and the legend, Dave Arcade. I'm Dave Arcade. I am an artist on the Closer and Closer roster, but enough about me because it is my pleasure to introduce today's guest. He is a freelance illustrator influenced by early modernist painters. His style mixes modern aesthetics, visual simplicity, and traditional painting technique. His uh, clients love his playful characters, simple shapes, use of textures, bright colors, and witty compositions. His clients include The New Yorker, The New York Times, Intercom, Vogue, and many others. From Riga, Latvia, Robert Ruans. Welcome, my friend. Beautiful. Nice. Thanks for a nice introduction. Hey, everyone. <laughs> How are you doing, Robert? Um, thanks. I'm fine. Um, doing well? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess we'll just dive right into it. Um, hopefully, you know, the listeners have had a chance to look at your work on our website or your website. Um, but obviously, when you do that, you realize that Roberts's work is pretty, stands out pretty solidly from the rest of our roster in terms of how you create your pieces. And I just wanted to see if you could walk us through your process for creating art. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'd like to, firstly, I'd like to start off by saying that I don't have anything against digital artists. Or their <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to sound um, like arrogant or, um, yeah, or hypocrite actually, because um, I also use some of the digital tools in the process mm-hmm. of creating my own work. Um, so, because yeah, the, the process is somewhat similar to to other illustrators uh, that are in our roster as well, and just in mm-hmm. the industry. It includes, you know, just making rough sketches, uh, which are then fleshed, uh, yeah, fleshed out, um, being more detailed in the next stage, which is linear, linear sketch stage. And, and those two are like pencil and paper. So that's, I think that's pretty common for most artists. Yeah. But then actually um, the color sketch part is, well, that's my, I confess I do it digitally. I don't, I don't, I don't do it by hand. So, because, you know, it's, it's, it's just a quick tool to, to try and experiment with different colors and uh, combinations of colors. So I just, you know, make it on Adobe Illustrator. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and once I get approval for that, then I move to the, uh, to the final execution of the final artwork. And that is with acrylic on paper. So I have my acrylic paints, uh, paper, brushes, and um, yeah, just just painting like yeah. people used to do. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm, awesome. Yeah. Why is it that you decided to continue to like hand paint your work when so many commercial artists, especially like obviously we've had conversations before about, you know, the speed at which you create your pieces. So why is it that you decided to continue with hand painting when there's, you know, quote unquote, easier ways to do it? Like brushes, yeah. Like <laughs> uh, digital brushes, they're really good at mimic- mimicking painting. Yeah, but yeah, not, that is, but they're not perfect. So, <laughs> yeah, they're that that is true. They're not perfect. Maybe when they will be perfect, maybe then I'll I'll You'll switch, switch over. To, 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 Don't do it. Don't do uh, it. <laughs> but uh, but there are actually a couple of reasons why I haven't uh, switched yet. Um. And, uh, and I, yeah, like, I think one of the main reasons, well, firstly, it was just, it was intuitive. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of felt and liked the texture the paint brings. And um, maybe it was, as actually you pointed out, the, the brushes, <laughs> well, I didn't, at least <laughs> I didn't find as good brushes as the, the real physical ones. Um, yeah. I felt that, you know, that's, route i'd like to you know, kind, of, kind of go and experiment with so um and i've stayed there but actually um after doing the, the work i do uh for for a few years now like in this technique and sticking to it i've kind of 
um, started, I've started to appreciate um, the concept or kind of the f philosophical um, like backing of it, or maybe not backing, mm -hmm. but reasons. So one is um, the realness and kind of the satisfaction of making things, of making tangible things. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that is, is especially important you know, today, uh, where people really both, I think, well, everyone, both clients and artists, like people in general, crave authenticity and, and everything, you know, doing with mm -hmm. the tangible. Uh, because, you know, and especially even during these COVID times with, with lockdowns and everything moving to, to digital, like mm -hmm. you can get anything online now, um, live concerts, films, uh, movies, meetings, you meet people online, like everything, like you shop online. So everything yeah. has kind of transferred to this, to this, uh, this digital and flat world. Um, yeah. And so I think there's a reaction that is, I think people sense in their, in themselves that we, we're not, we don't want like everything to be digital and everything to be um online so um yeah we we really want we're not just kind of so to say we're not just bodies and we're not just spirits we're both so we need mm -hmm. both we need we need uh physical aspects as well so um yeah that's that's one of the reasons that's cool um to to, to make something that is that is tangible and also it, it brings us uh well, this idea of, of making something that is physical also brings me to, to the next point, which is um, the pursuit of beauty. And mm -hmm. uh, that is a topic that I've kind of explored more lately. Um, well, now, because, what do, what do you, you mean know, by that? Uh, to get into that, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I think, well, maybe not illustration industry isn't that guilty of, of desecrating beauty. Yeah. Uh, but, but art, fine art and architecture definitely is, you know, it's, it's been changed for, uh, interesting or exciting. If we talk about fine art and, uh, functionality as a primary goal for, for architecture. So, um, and, and yeah, so as I mentioned, the illustration maybe is not as guilty in doing, doing so. Um, but still, like beauty as as a value, I think has been neglected um, in, in in modern like people's day to day lives in general. Um, so so yeah, I'm I, I'm trying to I think well working with hands and working in a, in a technique that's kind of true <laughs> and has. Uh, heritage and, and great history uh, it's something that's valuable and, and beautiful as well and it mm -hmm. well I can improve in this technique as well yeah I, I think well sorry yeah continue. oh no 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 keep going keep going um, yeah and and if we talk well if we if we want to yeah, just just about just to close off of, about beauty in general. I think beauty is really important for us. We've been ne neglecting it, but it's really important uh, to us as human beings because it improves our well-being. Uh, it transforms us to become better persons, and it shows that this world has actually meaning. And uh, mm -hmm. well, I believe a creator as well. So, well, I could, well, you could probably make the whole podcast just about <laughs> beauty. You know, it's such a large topic, but it's something that I've been thinking about lately, and um, and it's one I see that in in painting. I I, I can, yeah, yeah. It's so uh, th those are the two big reasons. And lastly, just to finish this off, uh, the last is just a practical reason for working traditionally in a traditional technique is. Just I get to create and keep original artworks and uh, leave a mark in uh, the history <laughs> of art and um, yeah and I'm I'm able to either give them away you know the artworks or sell um, yeah or just you know keep for yourself yeah, so that that's nice. I'm, let's uh, let's keep talking about beauty for a second because you really hit on something and uh, even though 
not everybody's in this particular place. Uh, the artists that are listening right now aren't in this particular place or along uh, the, or this far down the path in their their journey. But beauty. So, like, I uh, I'm going to talk about me for a second, guys. Um, I, please, I draw. I draw What's that? Yeah, I said please do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> go um, for it. I, I like drawing silly things, uh, especially when I first started. I, I liked drawing really silly things, and I still like drawing people getting punched in the face. And <laughs> I might, I may or may not release an entire series of people getting dismantled by swords. But <laughs> in my, in my, like uh, at night when I'm by myself, um, that's not a good way to begin a sentence. Um, but it's true <laughs> when I'm like working and and I'm alone. I have a Pinterest board that's called Old World Craft. And you can't see it because it's hidden. But I have spent many, many, many nights when I should have been working, looking at uh, just pouring through all of these old architectural uh, sketches. And I forgot what they're called when it's just like a front-facing view of of a building. It's like an elevation or something. Um, it's not... It, uh, it's a... It's, it's a technical drawing, but like from the 1500s. And mm-hmm. there are, there are like little illustrations of like, um, like artisan, like, a, or like a crafted little stone things that went on the top of a pillar that some artists just like rendered for like two weeks and then gave to like the main guy in town. It's like, build it like <laughs> this. There's all kinds of, there's an entire lost, like, library of like beautiful 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 things in art and i'm not talking about like a rembrandt painting we've all seen that it's it's a lot of it's architectural stuff honestly Mm -hmm. we used to be able to make the coolest most beautiful things and when you get into like art nouveau um that was all a reaction to industrialism it's just like hey things aren't pretty anymore guys Mm -hmm. like it's all big metal clunky smoky even the, even the dudes are coming back into town looking like trash. Like we need we need beauty <laughs> back, and so and they did such a good job of depicting it. Right? They're like, well, what if everything was really swirly and organic? Of course, like you go back to nature to find beauty, and so I think that um, what you you said is very uh, relevant because not that we're not in nature, but even when we are, we ever just punch my microphone. And I skinned my knuckles on the little, like, cheese grater thing. Anyway, that was an accident. Um, uh, Even when we're in nature, we're taking pictures with the most complex, like, futuristic device ever. So it doesn't feel always like you're in nature. There's not that danger of getting lost. Like, when I was a kid, just like, holy crap, I could die right now. Um, I guess we could always die. But yeah, uh, th- this kind of getting back to, to nature, finding beauty. I guess there, we, we all have our own way, but I just wanted to really just uh, give you a high five on, on that comment of getting back to beauty because it doesn't matter who you are, whether you want to draw people getting dismantled with swords or whatever, when you're alone at night and you're not worried about being cool and you're an artist, you will search for beautiful things and you will want to make them a part of what you do somehow. And I'm trying to figure it out right now. To be honest, exactly. So. I can, I can totally relate to you, uh, Dave. I have, a, I also have um, a few secret Pinterest boards, um, which in my case mostly consist uh, consist of um, illuminated manuscripts from from medieval uh, times. I'm gonna look um, those up right now. So th- those those are well, I find I find those really really beautiful and. Uh, yeah, the way as you mentioned in, in in the architecture, but that just I think goes into every field of, of, of um, these are cool of, by the way human <laughs> human kind of action is that they well they just they took beauty seriously and um, mm-hmm. yeah as you as you said they included so many details and decorations but and and it was for a reason you know it it, it wasn't just like because because nowadays we would. I think like well, that's just a you know waste of time, especially for an art architecture. You know, we ha- we get this box and it, it does the job. So why bother with uh, making with, it beautiful? Uh, gar- yeah, with, with those gargoyles and uh, and um, and uh, column. Yeah, like 
out columns with uh, I don't know how they're called properly than those those Greek columns with uh, like filigree really, and ornamentation. Yeah, 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 ornament, ornamentation, but you know, they have really intricate tops of them, like whatever. Yeah, just, yeah. It, I learned about those in like middle school, and I, I knew the names of them and everything. It's <laughs> when you get into columns and arches, it is an entire freaking library. Like it's nuts. It goes on forever. Yeah, it's cool. It's mm-hmm. just like they like for centuries. They're like, well. Guys, what's another way we could do a column? Like, I'm glad yeah. you asked because, like, I have all these ideas. You know, it's like, what's yeah. another way to do an arch? It's like, we've already done like 800 different versions. Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's do some more. Yeah. Well, and something that I think I'm hopeful of is that, you know, because I think a lot of people are feeling this kind of emptiness right now or like a, a, a desire to return to something that was beautiful and like had more meaning because I feel like for years we've just been all about utility like you guys have said like it's you know doing the easiest thing in architecture or just like in your life doing the easiest thing that's the least fuss and just going to be the fastest and I'm hoping that maybe you know this COVID time of just like being stuck inside with all of our like utility and all of our super you know, fast and useful things that hopefully, you know, when we come out of this, we'll see a little bit more of that return to just like beauty for beauty's sake, like beautiful things just for the, for the joy that you find in them and not feeling like everything in our lives has to be useful or, you know. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think where, uh, Robert Knight Roberts, I'm sure everybody calls you Robert. <laughs> Your name might as well yeah. be Robert, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it is actually it is Robert, but it just in, in Latvian, you know, we have these um, S, like letter oh. S, in the in the end for for uh, for names and words that are in the male uh, gender. Oh, oh, so, I didn't so know that. that. So would I be David's? Yeah, uh, yeah actually, it would be. Uh, yeah, we would we would, uh, we would call you uh, David. Oh, that's oh, cool. Wow. That's really cool. Yes, I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, maybe maybe he was a, a twin, but the other one didn't make it. And his parents were like, let's go plural. Um, There's two. It's Robert yeah, and Roberts. Um, uh, what I was going to say is, uh, and, and this is not uh, a religious comment. It's uh, My wife is a history teacher, and so she's taught me to like how to speak objectively about things. But what's kind of happened is that back in the day, everybody believed in God. And so all of their art was, I mean, literally like the arches and the pillars were pointing toward heaven and, and all of um, our best way of saying, Hey, I, you know, I want to commune with you. And I, I want to be this like through all this uh, really beautiful um, flowy type of design right mm-hmm. it's our it's our way of saying hey something's pretty it flows and there's it curls and then it's interesting as we've moved away from that um uh things get boxy mm-hmm. and simplified and so you can kind of and this is such a stretch but i love making these stretches you can kind of see <laughs> like where um, a society is in terms of their devotion to something through their art and is mm-hmm. it praising something or is it functional and we're kind of in a function we're kind of a functional society right now again you know i'm like people can believe what they want to believe but that's just sort of where we're at and why we've lost um a lot of beautiful things is because people have different interests now yeah yeah totally and um well (laughs) uh i love your optimism andrea but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for, for hoping to see more beauty after COVID ends, but well, I personally wouldn't be that <laughs> optimistic. That myself. optimistic. Yeah, we still like boxy we, things. We still, well, yeah, and we still um, like to rather shock or make something that is exciting and original rather than something that is actually beautiful and maybe inspired from tradition and maybe inspired from. Um, times when people saw meaning in their in their lives and in the world around them. Yeah. So why do you, th- why do you think we've that. lost that? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, I know we're talking a lot about this, but it's so interesting. Why, like, why do you think we've lost that? Do you think that it's uh, an ironic kind of um, lack of people 
getting on the internet and like actually looking to the past or do you think it's a fear of showing beliefs or like what like why do you think it's departed do you mean uh beauty as uh, as a as value and, and yeah just, yeah exactly yeah. yeah well thank you uh well yeah i don't know how to give a short answer to that uh, actually but, uh, yeah that's a huge a huge question isn't it that's what i do i ask the big <laughs> questions roberts no but that, that, that's that's actually that's really interesting um uh th- th- these are the topics i'm i'm really interested in and these are the topics i i listen to in, in podcasts uh read books and just these are the topics of my free time <laughs> yeah so um yeah it's always good to talk about this um, well, I, I think to, to, to give my um, to give my answer to it, I think um, you already mentioned one of the biggest reasons, probably, or the or the biggest reason for this, which is I think um, you know the our 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 well, basically it's flight from from God and from religion, and uh, it's just going away from from all the kind of traditional values and and uh, and way of life and worldview basically mm. so I think it has uh, well it started well I would say even earlier than enlightenment but I would I would say that is a huge turning point for for people's imagination and the way they they started to look at the world around them and uh, yeah. and um, yeah even though I think um, yeah, people, it's interesting because, uh, I used to also think the Renaissance is the, the, the height of human, uh, imagination and creativity. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely great, you know, and in terms of all the technical advancements and, um, uh, and, you know, because of the scientific worldview came into, into play also, the, you know, um, how how art was made that influenced art that was being made, but also it um, um, it it was great, but it also it was something completely different from what it from what it was before. So before, uh, kind of all art, as you also mentioned before, like columns and arcs and everything, was kind of pointed to God and pointed to to something that is above us and something that kind of unites us. Um, but I think after and during Renaissance, people kind of tend to started to look not above them, but inside inside themselves, sort of, yeah. or on themselves. So they put um, human being in the center of their attention, and um, and human being as the ideal for for everything. Uh, well, man be- man became uh, the measure. But then, but then, I forgot who I'm quoting now. But <laughs> that's a famous quote. So, um, so yeah, I think that's that's the starting of it, and you know, you know, you wouldn't notice uh, decrease of beauty in there because it's obviously mm-hmm. like in the Renaissance and there, but but it, you know, these things take take years to unfold, and and, and yeah, it has yeah. been like that. And also, as you said, like if you look at the art, uh, what it's like today, and what it tells us about the, the condition of the society and people's thinking, then, well, that's why I said I'm not that optimistic. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a solid answer. Um, and uh, I think, I think, uh, to, you know, just uh, for, for listeners, I like to, to kind of wrap up this, this really fun tangent, um, Roberts and I are talking about like the loss of, of craft. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of ways to make something and there's a lot of techniques in making those things. And then of those things, there's entire catalogs and of those catalogs, there's entire designs. And we have lost all that. Sort of like, we don't know how to, do you know why we didn't go back to the moon? Everyone who knew how to build a space shuttle died. Everyone who knew how to build the rockets died. All the molds that were made for the tools got broken and discarded. The book to make, uh, 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 the making a rocket requires like over a million parts and the book to make one is like super big. And so we lose this stuff because we stopped doing it. And that's kind of what we're talking about. We're not, 
we're not saying that uh, we're a godless society and we're all screwed. <laughs> we're we're just we're a little sad that like uh, the the beauty of craft has gone away. But at the same time, like the Renaissance, when we we turned uh, kind of inward and to people, we're doing that now, and we're seeing that there is a lot of beauty that does come out of that as well. Like in in a way, we're in a, in a digital Renaissance, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like well. You can never have all of it at the same time, right? It's cool what's going on now, so it's making us long for the past. And then when that comes back, we're going to miss what was going on now. And that's just how human beings are, mm-hmm. I think. That's all my opinion, by the way. <laughs> I love it. Synopsis yeah. with Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I think um, uh, I th- that's probably the longest tangent we've ever taken. Guys, usually we have a pretty... <laughs> So, but but you know, I I want to get least. into these types of conversations where it's where it just naturally goes in this really cool place. And Roberts, you're like a brilliant dude, and so I, you know, I'm glad that you uh, were willing to to take us uh, through some unplanned thoughts. Um, <laughs> sure, but- thanks, Dave. By the way, I, I could I could continue uh, just like talking about this or uh, <laughs> this kind of topic, but I understand that you know you can get way more qualitative answers to these questions on, you know, um, <laughs> smarter people's podcasts. Podcast. Well, no, yeah, I Roberts, feel like, you should start a podcast on, on yeah. beauty and beauty alone. Actually, you should. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I feel like your answers are legit. It's me that is, is uh, making them not legit. It's like, man, everything he was saying was cool. And then when Dave started talking, it wasn't cool anymore. No, um, I want to talk, let's talk more about your, your style though. Uh, as I was going through it, um, I was like, man, there's really cool, uh, stuff here. Like I, I, whether this stuff directly influenced you or not, I, I see it in there. Like I saw, especially with your guy that was lifting these weights. Um, and I know I'm describing art that you guys can't see, <laughs> but I was like, man, that reminds me of a, a Russian propaganda poster. Uh, there's definitely themes from the Middle Ages, which we were just talking about. Um, and then especially like 20th century masters, you know, like Rousseau and uh, Matisse and, and Cezanne, like the colors, especially like the the Fauvists uh, I see in your work. So so this sounds like a rude question, but I, I, mean, I mean it because you're, you're finding success. Like what type of projects fit your style in like the modern era and like, what do clients see in your style that speaks to their brand? Because I, I feel like they're they're like being brave and bold and be like, hey, let's let's take a paint like an actual painter, the dude actually freaking paints, and like hire him to speak to our modern brand. So that was a question, I, a very convoluted yeah. one. I got I got it. It's all right. Um, well, it's all actually. It's uh, it's always interesting to hear observations and descriptions of your own work. So uh, I'd say all of the of the inspirations you you mentioned uh, are somewhat correct. Like I I, I have um, either been directly inspired by, or I've just you know I'm actually uh, have enjoyed the the artists you mentioned or or uh, the, the periods of, of art history. Okay, you good. Um, <laughs> it's like Dave. None of that influenced me. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Next question. No. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but well, I would. Um, well, the inspiration thing is interesting. I think it's it evolves um, with me as well. Just to quickly answer that, the inspiration thing uh, because. I started off, well, my style, when I started off, um, I felt like um, I was, uh, I, want, I, I felt like I needed to go into this minimal direction with uh, visual kind of clarity and, and um, uh, yeah, just, just having this visual clarity and just make it as simple as possible. But now it goes, well, the direction it, it kind of moves into is way more complex and filled with, um, um, meaning and narrative and storytelling, maybe even. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is what clients actually um, enjoy and appreciate in my work. Um, is at least that's what I've heard from them. <laughs> cool. Um, and so, well, I guess since most of my clients are editorial, 
kind of uh, associated with editorial. Either it's um, you know media outlets or, or companies that do some kind of editorial project. I guess um, well my style and the way I, uh, I do things has the potential for like written word to be <laughs> mm-hmm. um, being iconic. Yeah, just, yeah, and just tell tell stories, I suppose. Um, and since it's also peculiar enough, um, I think it, it, because media outlets tend to, well, they have a di- wide set and diverse set of stories they, they publish every day. So they find a place for, for uh, <laughs> something that I do um, as well. Um, but having having said that, I actually really like and look forward to, or actually, yeah, kind of enjoy working in projects um, from different industries as well. Like I really enjoy all the packaging or mm-hmm. uh, advertising campaigns, or you know, just different kind of projects. And I love to see my work kind of take life into different mediums, whether it's uh, printed or is it outdoors or is it in animation? Actually, my work kind of is set into motion and starts to move. It's always fun to see that. And so, yeah, I think, well, in general, clients appreciate the human touch, mm-hmm. I think, and yeah. because, well, obviously it's handmade. It has its imperfections. It's not um, not totally clean. And um, and I think yeah, it just attracts attention uh, during these um, digital times when most artists are working digitally. It just pops pops out as something that hey, is, is this digital or is this handmade? Uh, people are sometimes confused, <laughs> but but it pops out and it, and it and it I think attracts attention. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm realizing my question's silly. Why, like, you're exactly the kind of artist the client would want to go with now. I need to start painting stuff. I know. Come on, Dave. Exactly. I'm going to start well, making things out of pottery do. and filming it <laughs> on analog film. Nope. Yes, exactly. I think that's a great idea. I would, this kind of... I would definitely, yeah, sorry. Sorry. No, you, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I would just wanted to say that I would be. I would really want to see your super detailed, complex artworks being, you know, painted or or oh. being drawn with with pencil. And uh, I can't, I can't. That'd, do, be, that'd be cool. No, that's like a that would be like a magician revealing his magic trick. We're like, oh, <laughs> you actually can't draw very well. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. So I mean, that's why like, I used to know how to draw, uh, but the more I draw. The more, um, or the more I've drawn in my life, I've been drawing since I was a kid. I know how to draw, everybody, <laughs> but I don't love doing it. I love making things. I love seeing. I love building things. I I love, uh, like when I get to the coloring part, I'm like, cool. This is the, this is why I'm doing this. This is the fun part, and uh, I feel like drawing is this really laborious thing. That's just you know, like I just wish it would appear, and then I could color it. Which kind of attracts me to 3D because then I can just like, you can just drag out shapes and build things like, cool, there it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it would be cool. Like, you know, if I, if I, uh, if I did a painted piece, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I totally agree. It might, it might be cool, but I'll probably never do it. <laughs> Dave's like, thanks, but no thanks. I have no, well, no I also true desire. Brushes are the most frustrating feeling thing in the world if you're an illustrator because it goes from firm, like really firm to, hey, can, you know, do that same level of control with a, like a little piece of a mustache dipped in yeah. color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, rem- that reminds me, like br- brushes remind me of, uh, actually I've had someone asking me like a couple of times um, more than once, I've had the question of what brushes uh, am, I, am I using? And so the the people who ask that assume that I make my work digitally, um, to which I to which I just I I think I've answered just flat and synthetic because that's what they are. You know, I don't yeah. use the round brushes; I use the flat ones. They're more suitable to the work I do. Yeah. And I if well, I do add 
an explanation as well. Otherwise, they would be totally confused. Like, <laughs> what do you mean synthetic? Like, They're like what, all right, what's that? thanks. They're like searching that digital brush pack <laughs> online. They're like, cool. Aesthetic brush pack. <laughs> Comes yeah. up with actual brushes. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that, that's... Well, yeah. And Dave's question kind of leads me into my next question that I wanted to ask you. Speaking of like clients and your work, I'm sure that a lot of clients that come to you are used to working with digital artists, like fully digital artists. Um, What are some of the challenges that you face, you know, working in commercial art with a more traditional style? And does that ever affect like your relationship with the client or just how you have to interact with them? Um. Yeah, I think, well, the biggest challenge is, uh, as you can imagine, is just time. Mm-hmm. These days, everyone wants to do everything super fast and like uh, deadlines tomorrow. So better start working now. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just like, yeah, everything is happening crazy fast. So that is sometimes challenging to say the least um, for, for me because, you know, it's just, it, it is, as you, as you said before, it, it takes longer time to make everything on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sometimes I, I say yes and succumb to these crazy deadlines. And uh, sometimes I resist and say no or maybe yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but usually clients are, are uh, pretty understanding and... Um, and they take this into consideration when they when they when they plan their timelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can just if they if they haven't done that, I can just you know I can just tell that I sometimes tell that, and you know we come to an agreement on a timeline mm-hmm. that works for for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so to say. But um, yeah, time is usually the, the biggest challenge. Yeah. Do you it scan like... the final pieces, or do you? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so you probably have a pretty good scanner, I assume. <laughs> um, I have a decent scanner. Is it big? I, is, the, like, is this the area where you can lay the art down big? I, I've never been able to find one that's not like a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, those those things are expensive. No, I have a, a really regular size A4. You know, well, for Americans, A4 is, I don't know, how do you I think, translate that? That's the European measure. <laughs> Uh, it's not 11 by 17. It's a different size, but close. I, th- I think it's 11 by something. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a relatively small scanner, um, especially because I tend to work. My originals tend to be like twice as big or mm. like four times as big, but these, these days technology like does the magic and uh, I just scan it. Scan my my big piece in in a part, and then just oh. Photoshop does the the merging. So you'd be amazed at how remember. similar our processes are. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds a lot like what Dave does. I chop up, ve- oh, wow. yeah, to make huge vector pieces. I scan in sections of the line work um, so that this the software that I use can give me a very accurate uh, vectorization of raster work, and then I piece it back together. Oh wow, nice! Yeah, yeah, but but it doesn't uh, make the vectors themselves. The software, no, like it- no, uh, yes. Uh, well, I've kind of moved away from this a little bit, uh, but for my murals, uh, because there's so much to draw, I have to draw it in Photoshop, and then I want that vectorized so that I can do this thing in uh, Adobe Illustrator called Live Paint, where I can just tap and click color in. Um, it's a crazy yeah. process. I- I'll tell you about. It. It's so boring. Um, I could tell you about it if you want over over Slack. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Reveal me your your secret. He did a yeah. whole podcast You're- episode on it, and it was pretty insane to even just <laughs> listen to what he was saying. I was exhausted just it, it, listening to it. It's boring. I've tried to like make it sound cool, even for my wife. Just like no, but no, it's not boring <laughs> at all. It just sounds like the most insane undertaking to to do. Well, I I think uh, somebody can challenge me on this if you're listening. I think I am the owner of like the largest um like hand drawn then vectorized pieces of line work in the world. I don't know. 
there's someone out there who like has drawn bigger. I like, I have a hundred feet of like vectorized line work. If you're out there, challenge me because well, normally you would I, just do a mural, but I'm an idiot. And I'm like, well, I got to stop hitting my microphone <laughs> uh, because I don't paint traditionally. I got, and I was for some reason started to ask to do these, these, these murals. Um, I had to figure out how to make them digitally, which has led to me owning some crazy assets. Uh, you kind of answered this already, but I, you know, I want to, I want to ask it anyway. I, I was looking at your work and I was like, man, if, if Roberts existed at the time of the artist that influenced him, his colors alone would have like propelled him to, to legendary status. The other artist's uh, brains would have exploded yeah. if they saw his colors. It's really, it's actually really cool. Cause like when, when you see um, somebody with crazy colors in their digital piece, you're like, well, yeah, good for you. Like that's easy. Uh, you know, you can make it whatever color you want. And though you admitted that that's your coloring process, and now again, like a magician revealing his trick, you're a little under. I'm underwhelmed, Roberts. Now, um, <laughs> it's cool to see your fi- like final uh, painted strokes in these really vibrant colors because you just have like I don't know of another time where you you see colors like that with a paintbrush. Um, so. So, but we've been seeing it for years because of, you know, I, I think it stands out on social media. So it's, it's natural for people to want to make bright colors. And then I think it kind of became a bandwagon thing. Um, for the record, I personally started making bright colors because I wanted to guys. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think I was ripping somebody off at the time. Nothing influenced him at all. Yeah. No, it just stemmed from his brain. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it is, <laughs> I don't, but, uh, as, as, uh, Let's say a modern digital color movement. I don't think it's like a, a reflective thing at all. I think it's just that because we can't because we're in Adobe Illustrator. But for you, were you influenced by by the vibrance of digital art, or uh, is it something else like cartoons? Or that again, I'll mention the Fauvists, who were the early 20th century guys who brought mm-hmm. color. Like, where did it come from for you? Um. Yeah, that's 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 a good question. Well, first of all, I'd like to uh, correct you a bit that on that actually uh, there were like Middle Ages and just you know art history in general have seen some really bright colors as well. It's just that you know those art pieces haven't maybe um, we're we're the, better at it. it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying that the vividness of it maybe hasn't lasted of the, the color of the colors. But um, no, you're right. If, if, like these manuscripts you mentioned, the illuminated yeah. man, like I Googled them after you said it and I had totally forgotten that these things are straight up colored like cartoons. They're awesome. So you're right. That is yeah. a good correction. I will take it. <laughs> and I, I've seen some of the, of these manuscripts like um, in, in real life, uh, I've been to a library in which you can you can see something that has been made in seventh seventh to fourteen up to fourteenth century. Uh-huh. So even though they're like hundreds of years old, they still have retained the the, the vividness and the brightness of. And I can imagine like even at, you know if they are this good looking after this long super yeah. long period of time, how good they were. Probably, probably looking at the uh, day when they were made. Yeah. Um, and also, actually, did you know that uh, those those Greeks and Roman sculptures, um, like that we are we were so familiar with, I think they were actually um, they were actually made in color. In, That's what I've in, heard. In the day. Yeah. Yeah. Though they they weren't actually in white marble, as we've uh, come to think of them. Um, so they they were supposedly uh, pretty colorful. Yeah, but um, and their temples too. I guess the like the Pantheon had like a you know yeah. orange and blue facade, which would have been so cool to see like under actual daylight. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I would yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, but about colors and my work. Um, uh, yeah, I think it it just it has. Come out of, um, come naturally out of me. Um, I'm not sure I have a specific kind of influence for my color pal- palette. Um, so it might have been I might have been in- influenced by you know the, the trends out there uh, that you know feature a lot of works that are colorful. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was, I was uh, acting like I was, um, you know, joking that I came up with my colors myself, but, but I didn't, I believe I, this sounds weird. It sounds like I'm, I'm like catering to the convenience of the conversation or the podcast, but I, I kind of see in your palette a similar thing in, in my own in that they seem like your colors. I, in art school, I, I had to recolor uh, Guernica by Picasso. That was the yeah. assignment. Yeah. And I was like cyan blue, like kind of uh, Simpson yellow, um, not too deep red. And some other colors, and I've never deviated since. And I turned it in, and everyone else had like a stupid color palette, and mine was awesome. And I remember my teach my teacher said, "I don't know where this palette came from, but it looks like it just kind of exploded out of your mind." And I was like, "Where the hell else would it come from, dude? Yeah. Like I had to do the assignment, didn't I?" So yeah, like it's you know, I th- I think color is weird like that though. You're either super person. Well, I think it's personal, no matter what. Um, it's personal no matter what. Color is a, is one of those things that's like, you can change the line work. You can make the little gorilla with the jetpack that I have. He can be a deer with a jetpack. That's fine. But we're not changing the color. Color is too personal. Yeah. And um, it, is, it is personal, but also I think um, there are still combinations that are just naturally good looking and some that are just are not. Um, objectively, um, even though we have you know different tastes, um, but I would also I think I can relate to you by having um, united kind of unified palette. I don't know why, but there are just some some tones that I I'm really fond of, and uh, I don't deviate much from them. Yeah. <laughs> I just stick I just stick to them, and it's, there are just some that. Um, I have like this this bright red, which is kind of yep. the border of orange. I'm looking at it right and, now. I want to steal it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's just and and I, it doesn't change. I just like that red, and I whenever there's a possibility to include red, that's the red I'm I'm going for. And a and a, a slightly not slightly but but darker red as well. Mm-hmm. And you know this this, this uh, particular particular blue, which is kind of also a bit bordering on purple. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the, you know we yeah I can relate to having a bunch of tones that are you know favorite ones yeah. or that are always staying in the palette uh, palette. And then there of course there are some other tones that are just changing. Uh, and those are you know not the primaries but like you know those that can. Um, Come and go as they as they wish, but the you primary think, stick. You think it's yeah. red and blue that I think I think it, uh, if you had to like bring it down to a couple of colors, it's red and blue that like an artist would probably like be most passionate about. Like that seems to be because I'm looking at your reds and blues right now and how mine differ, and and I'm like kind of jealous because I go cyan, <laughs> you go more magenta with your blues. Yeah, and your your reds are more orange, and it's it. Uh, whereas I go a little more red, and it's just like such a dynamite combination because it's hard to combine, dude. Like I'm realizing you are a red and blue guy, and we're told like don't ever combine those colors; it'll make your eyes vibrate. But you do it beautifully. <laughs> yeah, or uh, I was told that yellow and purple purple is a no go. Well, it's don't the Lakers. What was the thinking behind not uh, those colors go great together? What, uh, why were you told not to use those? Well, uh, my art teacher back then wasn't too, um, um, too, she didn't elaborate that much, but, uh, but she did mention <laughs> that it would, it would, I don't know, only crazy persons would, would do that or we would turn you insane for some reason. I don't know the combina- uh, combination of those two. She felt like no, that that is something that this world is not ready for. I don't know. Oh, weird. Uh, the the famous designer Aaron Draplin. Um, he uh, he has a whole thing. If you've ever watched one of his uh, his presentations, as you know, he just tours. He's been touring for like ten years, and he just talks about his career. Um, he has a whole thing on on never using purple. 
like anti, yeah, anti-purple. Like, and it affected me a tiny bit because he has some good points. He's like, it doesn't fit anywhere. It's not a real thing. Like it's in sunsets, but it's not really in, in nature. And it, it's not, it doesn't look good on clothes. And you don't always go for the purple thing. Oh, I got it because it was purple. <laughs> you, you know, you, yeah. you're stuck with it because it's purple. <laughs> there are purple flowers though if, if we talk about nature yes there are um, but but everybody but, wants them gone in a survey that was done last month they said get rid of all the purple flowers uh, yeah. i believed you for half a second i was like wow that's really interesting that's my wife's favorite color i i like it i like it i love it it's just hard to find a home for it it's too purple all right I was I was about to say I totally relate to you again when you said no I do like it because actually I if if you take a close look at my work you won't almost find any purple yeah I don't see and any purple do, in here when you do find some purple bits in there then those are the requirements of the client <laughs> <laughs> and for purple lovers out there like it's great it's just I think we're just not. I, I I don't know. Like you got to be like master level or something to use it. It's it's very tricky. You got to be insane. Like gar, <laughs> it's like garlic. You know, like throwing oh, a dude. No. That is not garlic like, is great. Yeah, you put garlic, garlic in anything great. and it's great. Okay, yeah. okay, hold on. So, vinegar. Okay, much better. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you're you were right. about to offend some people. Maybe <laughs> it's like pizza. I mean, pizza's <laughs> never good. <laughs> Do you, think well, there, do you think there's ever going to be a donut pizza? Because that's Dave, all we're missing is a donut crust. <laughs> Dave, oh, where are we today? I, I don't know. I think we're having fun. That's where we are. It's like 11 o'clock in Lavia right now. Roberts is probably like, can I it please is. go to bed? Poor Roberts. We're almost there. Yeah, I, I actually only have one question left for you, and it's kind of random. And it kind of is not related to anything that we've been talking about. But I saw you mention this on your Instagram takeover, at, like on the Closer and Closer profile. And I really wanted to ask you about it because I thought this was super cool and interesting. You started out doing street art and graffiti when you were a teen. How did you go yep. from that to traditional painting techniques? And also, how did you start doing street art and graffiti? I think that's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, well, I was a cool kid back then, which I'm not <laughs> anymore. Now I'm just a boring adult. <laughs> uh, but, we all are. <laughs> we all are. But um, yeah, I think I started when I was 14, and um, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was actually um, I had a project in my in my art school. I was 14, and I had this project where. I had to draw, uh, I had to imagine what what would a future city look like, basically, or a couple of versions of a future city. Mm-hmm. And, well, obviously, when you think of future, you either think it's going to be sci-fi and then there's going to be flying cars and everything, or uh, there it, there's going to be an apocalypse where it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be like post-apocalyptic uh, scene. So I went, well, I did to, to drawings and the post op It's the worst term. Right. Yeah, I, I try right. to avoid it at all costs, yes. Yeah, the, well, the bad one <laughs> um, had, uh, well, I imagined it needs graffiti, you know, because everything looks like it's in ruins and and, uh, and it just looks bad and, 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 and sad and, and destroyed, so it needed graffiti. And uh, for some reason, I, I well, well, I, I did a few sketches, sketches, and uh, started to write some letters. And uh, but I don't know. I, I realized, well, that's that's really cool. I really like um, coming up with different ways how to draw letters. And um, you know, in a short time, I was drawing only letters yeah. <laughs> um, in my in my free time. And after that, I started to. Well, I started to explore the whole graffiti world, and uh, I got a few books books from Graffiti Origins mm-hmm. US, and, um, <laughs> and it, I was really, really um, into it. And I started doing actual painting on walls as well, mm-hmm. and that was actually a huge thing of my huge part of my life for about 
about 10 years or so. Yeah. Maybe less, maybe, maybe like nine, nine years or eight. But um, I thought I would never quit. I thought I looked at those, um, like not old, but <laughs> middle-aged uh, graffiti pioneers. Yeah. Um, and thought those guys that started in the seventies and I thought, well, I'm just, I'm just going to be, one of them. I don't care. I'm just going to, yeah. One of them just, just do it, just do this um, somehow for living and for all my life. But that <laughs> didn't, didn't actually, uh, it, it didn't turn that way. It was, um, yeah, I don't want to tell the whole story of how I got into painting uh, the fun fact is it, I was really bad at painting in, in art school. I, I attended a couple of them and I got like mediocre grades all the time. And I really hated painting. I, I was, I needed to paint, you know, uh, still lifes and, uh-huh. and, uh, and, that stuff and other stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I thought, I think I thought it was boring and I didn't like it at all, which is funny that because now I'm painting all the time, yeah. like not all the time, but when I get to actually do work, like um, painting work, not email work, um, <laughs> then I'm painting. And there is a connection, actually, I realized that there is a connection between the two because uh, I started, of course, as every young graffiti artist does with, with spray cans. And mm-hmm. that was, well, my mostly used tool. But at some point, I realized I really love roll-ups. I don't know if you've heard the term. Um, like a roller? But that is, yeah, that's a roller. Oh. Um, but with with uh, yeah, you basically you dip in dip it into paint, and then you get this. Well, you can you make cute, super huge, large murals yeah. with it. Yeah. it. It can either produce really fat uh, line. Or it can fill those, um, yeah, make make great fillings with it with them. And uh, I really felt the power of of both the paint, but the power of the, of the scale of the mural I was able to produce. Mm-hmm. And I was I was really hooked on that because, like, imagine you go in by like in the next morning, like because it was happening during night, and imagine you going by a tag. All right, that's not no feeling uh, toward that but imagine going by like a huge three-story mural yeah Yeah. and uh and thinking how was this done like because it looks like it's like has has been done illegally but (laughs) how is this possible it's so huge yeah and uh i yeah i really love the sense of mystery behind it and also just the just the, the result uh love the roughness of it mm-hmm. it wasn't it definitely wasn't as clean as doing uh, art with spray cans yeah yeah i can imagine that's yeah, awesome but I, but I wasn't just to just to be um sure that no police is listening to this <laughs> i wasn't such a such a bad van, uh, vandal you weren't a vandal if any if any cops are listening stay off of yeah this, if any cops stay off of this trace uh, especially especially latvian cops yeah which I'm that's sure actually most thing. of our demographic is Latvian cops. So <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. <laughs> um, basically, everyone. Yeah, I was I was I was mostly looking for buildings that are uh, abandoned and yeah. that are um, unused. That's awesome. Well, first of all, thank you, Roberts, yeah. I for indulging me with that question for a second. That was like I I saw that on your takeover and I was like, oh my god, I want to ask him about that. Um, so thank you for that. And my last yeah. question, which is, you know, the most difficult to answer, and I think going to be the deepest answer we get out of you all day, is where can people find you online? Thanks. Yeah. Um, well, I do have a website, which is my portfolio, which is my name and surname.com. Beautiful. So robertsroran.com. You would probably need to, I don't know, look at It'll be in the title. Not notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do have an Instagram account, so you can find me there as well. Awesome. Also with uh, just my name, surname. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, thank you for this conversation. It was. Uh, this it was, was awesome. It was a yeah. This was awesome. It was a joy and and much fun. So thanks, thanks guys. Thank you, Robert. It was really cool. 
Thank you. Get some sleep, man. It's uh, it's late over there. <laughs> it's bedtime, young man. <laughs> it is. It is. But I'm actually going off to work painting, honestly. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's that's my boy. Good job. That's what I was just hoping you would say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Closer and Closer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to receive the latest episodes. You don't want to miss some of the incredible conversations that we have coming up. They'll be full of powerful insight to help you reach your full creative potential. To find out more about us, visit www.closerandcloser.co.